what gives seems like everything in the world now is upside down it's like somebody came along and changed all the rules they took what we once thought was the truth we once believed was the way society was supposed to operate and they turned it on its head this change of course this uprooting of society as we know it this disturbance questioning in a violent manner the foundation of Western thought, Western civilization, anything having to do with education, thoughts, learning, all the institutions of education, science, research, development have been virtually upended and destroyed. And it all happened almost overnight. At least that's how it appears. But we have to ask ourselves, what is going on? How long has this been going on? What is happening to our once relatively secure, safe world that we used to live in? In some ways, it's a little bit like the milk industry. You know, there's cow's milk, goat's milk, almond milk, lots of different kinds of milk, rice milk, and all of a sudden, the great and powerful dairy association decides to sue everyone who uses the word milk. Why? Because they believe that they're the only organization who should be allowed to use the word milk. Clearly, it's a advertising money-making ploy, but this is very serious ideology. The idea that we can brand and we can use names that have become so generic in their understanding, and then we can isolate those names, those words, those ideas, to one singular context is quite amazing. So the dairy industry sued. And lots and lots of companies were thinking, wow, they're going to win. So they began to change their names. It wasn't almond milk anymore. Now it was almond beverage, almond drink. It, it became absurd. People were like, why do we think that the word milk can only refer to cow's milk? What about breast milk? 
mother's milk. What are you supposed to call that? Mother's drink? This idea that words like jello, you know, that jiggly substance that we like to eat because it's sweet and jello y, uh, that's a brand name. So all other jello manufacturers must call their idea of what we would call jello. They have to call it gelatinous mix, uh, uh, sweetened, bubbly, something or other. They can't call it Jello because there are companies in this world who have hijacked for money making purposes, for financial gain, words like. Jello. It, it it boggles the mind, but this is why the world is inundated by attorneys, lawyers, legal aides, judges, a judicial system gone mucky muck. Because people want to twist the world into a financially viable empire. The underlying cause of these monumental changes that we now see in Western society are being developed, controlled, and given to the masses under the guise of reform, under the guise of less government, more power to the people, under the guise of bettering the world when in fact what we're doing is taking away the foundation of true law and order, of true government by the people for the people. The idea that we can discard all things relevant to structure, all things that pertain to life and the way in which we make money, the way in which we develop ideas, the way in which we market thoughts, ideas, products, all of these genres are being thrown out the window by people who may deny their socialist, Marxist roots, but their roots are showing. The idea that you can get something for nothing, a free lunch, a free government handout, a quick $1,200 check, from the government, a process of being able to live and obtain money without any work, without any effort, without any distribution or commitment or blood, sweat, and tears invested into the process. This idea is rampant today. We've raised an entire generation thinking that freedom is free. I deserve to be taken care of. 
I want something because I want it, not necessarily need it, and my wants become my needs. You have something, I want it, I take it. That used to be called stealing. Today, it's called redistribution of wealth. Oh yeah, I'm not kidding. This is the actual platform of socialist, Marxist, communist thinking. And the biggest thieves, stealers, are the government itself. And they orchestrate and dictate to you what you can steal and what you can't steal because they want to make sure that they're the biggest kid on the block. They're king of the hill. So they will give you a free handout while they rape and pillage the golden coffers that have been accumulated for centuries. The Soviet Union is a prime example of that sort of thinking. The greatest failure of East Germany was the idea that they could put a wall between East and West, same people, same individuals, families, and just put a wall between them, and they could run one side, East Germany, under a structure that gave away free everything. You didn't work for anything that you did, and yet everybody was dirt poor. Versus the other side, West Germany, where democracy, more or less, ran the show, where people got to vote who they wanted their leaders to be, where people worked hard and made money at a job and produced something worthwhile, something that people could use, whether it was food, products, cars, airplanes, transportation, on and on and on until they became so prosperous that the wall had to be torn down. And now Germany is a unified, more or less, Germany. Well, why is that? What is it in today's society that we haven't learned from the past. Those who don't learn and don't remember history are doomed to repeat it. And that's what we see happening today. The disregard of the truth, the inability of people to decipher between right and wrong, between light and darkness, between good and bad, has become a pandemic in and of itself. We have been warned through many, many different avenues, many, many different scholars, teachers, wisdom keepers, shamans, the list goes on and on. They have warned us of the coming demise of the world and the way in which we live our lives the greediness of the human heart, the absurd belief that you can live without a knowledge of God, the idea that money and riches and ownership of things somehow equates with success. All of these ideas 
are now running our world. It's not by accident that we voted in a billionaire as president. It's not by accident that all of the videos and commercials and movies we watch on television, we watch on our iPads, we watch on our iPhones. All of those things have been created for the purpose of selling something, which eventually means you sell out to whatever it is that you want. Your desires become the end all of achievement. Top that with an educational system that teaches people everything is relative. You have, I want, I take. It's all relative because if I take it, it now becomes mine. And if I have it, you take it because it used to be yours. It never ends. It's a vicious circle that will eat everything in its path and we will be left with nothing. Just a pile of garbage. A civilization that looks like Road Warrior. A world run mucky muck that cannot function. A disaster of levels of chaos we have never seen. That moment is here. It's now. Wake up, America. Wake up, world. Thank you for joining the Dark Light Podcast. Here at the Dark Light Podcast, you will find information about the absolute truth. Hang on tight as we go to discover the light in the darkness. First John chapter 2 My little children, I am writing these things to you so that you will not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate before the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. He himself is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, and not only for ours, but also for the sins of the whole world. By this, we can be sure that we have come to know Him if we keep His commandments. If anyone says, I know Him, but does not keep His commandments, He is a liar, and the truth is not in Him. I want to begin this section by saying that Jesus the Christ and 
the Bible, the Christian Bible, as it has come down to us in English, has many ideas that are highly misunderstood, not only by the masses, but by theologians, teachers, pastors, bishops, priests, rabbis. The reason there is so much confusion in the world today is because of the source of the spirituality of these teachers, these so-called masters of theology. It almost gets to the point that we just throw our hands up and walk away. But just for a moment, I'd like to indulge you in the basic, just straight reading of the ideas presented here about how life is to be lived, why it is so important to understand that our future Yours and mine depends on the implementation of the truth as it is in Jesus the Christ. The Bible is in many ways absolute. It doesn't vary. It doesn't allow for multiple opinions going in multiple directions which may or may not be true but as the Bible itself says it is yea and amen or in our English of today yes yes this idea of no variance has often been translated and understood as a form of exclusivity, a way in which we can put a wall around ourselves and claim to have some secret shortcut to God, some magical power that allows us to be special different, the chosen, the ones which know the truth. But the Bible is clearly here for everyone, not just for Christians or Jews or those who want to use the Bible in a way to manipulate and control the masses. The Bible is here to reveal the absolute truth. Like hidden treasure, you must dig for it. You must look diligently underneath the surface in order to find your gold, in order to find your treasure. It takes work it takes effort. But the truth, although hidden, is knowable. So here we can see in 1 John chapter 2, first three, four verses, that John is trying to let the early Christian church know that he has a very specific reason why he's writing these letters to them. He wants them to be in the faith. He wants them to know the truth. He wants them to realize that 
It's okay if you make mistakes because we have an advocate. We have an attorney who fights for us. You see, the premise of this analogy, which John is presenting to the early Christian church, is one of a legal basis for why we can be assured of having salvation and eternal life. The full life, the life that never ends. And this assurance comes to us because of Jesus the Christ. So that if we understand these concepts and we accept these ideas into our thinking, they will, over time, change our actions. And we will become like Jesus, the Christ, the Son of God. And at the same time, He is the Father Himself. So, if any man sin, we don't have to worry because Jesus the Christ is our advocate. He's the one who will stand in our defense in the court of law and defend us as being righteous because of our belief and our faith in the truth as it is in Jesus the Christ. So John continues and says that anyone who says, I know him, Jesus the Christ, and does not keep the commandments is a liar. These words are ignored by churches, priests, pastors, rabbis, teachers who know better, theologians who know better, masters of religion who know better. They just ignore these words. But John is very clear. If you say you know him, you say you love him, but you don't keep his commandments. You're a liar, and the truth is not in you. So let's understand that everyone that comes along and claims to be a master of the hidden truths, a master of the gospel, a teacher of everything light and good, and yet these individuals do not keep the commandments of God, you can be assured that they are of the darkness, of the evil, of the night. John continues on and says, but if anyone keeps his word, the love of God has been truly perfected in him. By this we know that we are in him. Whoever claims to abide in him must walk as Jesus walked. Make no mistake. Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end of all things, the one Savior of the world, the one God. We must walk as He walked. We must live as He lived. We must imbue 
our spirit with the spirit of God. We must follow after his commandments. If you love me, Jesus said, keep my commandments. John, continuing on, says, Beloved, I am not writing to you a new commandment, but an old one which you have had from the beginning. This commandment is the message you have heard. So, the New Testament can never rewrite the Old Testament. The New Testament of the Bible can never overlook the Old Testament of the Bible. Jesus said, if you want to know about me, search the Old Testament scriptures because those are they which testify of me. The foundation which has been laid can never be sidestepped, never be erased. Then again, John writing says, I am also writing to you a new commandment, which is true in him and also in you, for the darkness is fading and the true light is already shining. So the new commandment that is being written in our lives, in our hearts, is not new at all, but an old commandment. But it is only new because it is in us. And as it changes us, as the Bible says, we become a new creation. We become new people. We change the way we think, and therefore, we change the way we act. We incarcerate people, put them in prison, and hope that when they come back out, they are changed. We hope that they become good, productive members of society. That's the goal. So John here is saying, the new commandment that I give you is not new at all, but the old commandment, the one that is found in the law of God, to the law and to the testimony. If they speak not according to this word, it's because there's no light in them. But what makes the commandment new is that we have placed that ideology. We have taken those thoughts, those stories, those understandings, and placed them in our hearts and allowed them to change us into a new creation. John continues, If anyone claims to be in the light but hates his brother. He is still in the darkness. Whoever loves his brother remains in the light, and there is no cause of stumbling in him. But whoever hates his brother is in the darkness and walks in the darkness. He does not know where he is going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. I am writing to you, little children, because your sins have been forgiven through his name. So John here is telling the early Christian church several things that are so important, almost like the basic foundational rules of living. Do not hate your brother. Jesus said, love your enemies. 
do good to them that despitefully use you. Much easier said than done. But this is being reiterated by John to the early Christian church. If you hate your brother, the light is not in you. If you love your brother, you love your enemy, then the truth, the light of truth, is beginning to dawn in your life. The light of truth is beginning to change you. Your love of people becomes the most important thing in your life. The love of the truth becomes your guiding light. Then John continues on and talks about different sections of society when he says, I am writing to you, little children, because your sins have been forgiven through his name. I am writing to you, fathers, because you know him who is from the beginning. And I am writing to you, young men, because you have overcome the evil one. I have written to you, children, because you know the Father. I have written to you, fathers, because you know him who is from the beginning. I have written to you, young men, because you are strong, and the word of God abides in you, and you have overcome the evil one. But do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. This verse has caused so much controversy in the Christian church and in the world in general. What does it mean? Do not love the world. If you love the world, John says, the love of the Father, God, is not in you. This statement of fact is absolute. We can accept it or we can reject it, but it doesn't change the fact that it's still the truth. You cannot serve God and money. You cannot be divided in your thinking. You must choose how you will live your life. If you love the world, you can't love God. If you love the world, the love of God is not in you. John continues on, and says, for all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh, the desires of the eyes, and the pride of life is not from the Father, but from the world. So here John is leaving no stone unturned and telling the early Christian church, the apostolic Christian church, the church before it became corrupted, that in order to serve God, the love of God must be in you. And when the love of God is in you, you will not be lovers of the world. And by that, John means the things that you see the things that you desire, that I want it. My neighbor has it, I want it, I take it. That notion is love of the world. That idea is against the law of God. 
that desire to want what others have, what appears to be sparkling and precious gold, just is not worth its time and effort. It is of the world. The desire of the flesh. This phrase is clearly referring to the unbridled desire for sexual gratification. It is very clear that the early Christian church needed to be told to their face to watch themselves. If we look today at popular anything, music, movies, just walk down the street. What we see is the sale of sexuality. We see the merchandising of sexuality. We see the notion that we can live in a sexualized world and at the same time be Christian. At the same time be good people. At the same time serve God. But John clearly says here, you cannot serve the desires of the flesh and serve God. We must understand these are basic ideas which apply to all people. John was reiterating these ideas to the apostolic Christian church. But in fact, these ideas are fundamental to the progress and the success of nations, to the progress and to the success of societies. Make no mistake, if you abandon these ideals, if you abandon these principles, the end result is death, failure, and destruction. Continuing on, John says, the world is passing away along with its desires, but whoever does the will of God remains forever. Children, it is the last hour. And just as you have heard that the Antichrist is coming, so now many Antichrists have appeared. This is how we know it is the last hour. They went out from us, but they did not belong to us for if they had belonged to us they would have remained with us but their departure made it clear that none of them belonged to us you however have an anointing from the Holy One and all of you know the truth I have not written to you because you lack knowledge of the truth, but because you have it, and because no lie comes from the truth. Who is the liar if it is not the one who deceives and denies that Jesus is the Christ? This is the Antichrist who denies the Father and the Son.
So John here is showing that in the end of the world, in the last hour of this earth's history, as the world slowly spins down to die, we know the Antichrist those that are opposed to the truth, those that hate Jesus the Christ, those that despise Jesus the Christ, the so-called Christians that have gone out and joined the world and the desires of the world, the so-called believers that no longer live in the truth, as it is in Jesus. Those individuals are empowered by the Antichrist. Those people are walking the path that leads to eternal ruin. John is warning the Christian church that whoever denies that Jesus is the Christ, that Jesus is the Lord, that Jesus is the Savior, that Jesus is God, the Father himself. Whoever denies the Son also denies the Father, because the two are actually one. So when we see these teachers We see the shamans. We see the priests. And we see the rabbis and the Mahdi's. And they deny that Jesus is God. We can be assured that in fact, they are imbued with the spirit of Antichrist, the devil himself. It must be made clear in this moment, in this section of life, at this time in the world's history, that we are no longer allowed to wander in unknown paths of speculation and personal belief systems. Those days are over. We must find and explore and hold on to the word of truth as it is in Jesus. We must discipline ourselves to believe and to know what it is that we believe and what the source of our beliefs actually are. There must be no mistaking that the truth as it is in Jesus is exclusive because the truth can never be a lie. The truth can never be something other than what it says. So if we decide to be filled with the Holy Spirit, to be enlightened by the light of truth, If we choose to walk the narrow path that few ever find, we must decide as to which path, which idea, which ideal we are going to study 
accept, think about, and act on, and change our lives. Become transformed and live the God life. Live the Christ life. The question is, what are you going to do today? What are you going to think about today? What are you going to become today? Am I in the truth? Or am I outside of the truth? Living in the world. Living after the world's desires. Living like the world wants me to live. Or am I thinking and living and choosing my actions making them correspond to the light of the truth as it is in Jesus. Today, we must decide who are we going to follow? Who are we going to make our Lord and our Savior? choose you this day who you will serve. You have been listening to The Dark Light Thank you for joining us. Please like, subscribe, and tell your friends about the Dark Light Podcast. We would love to have you here each and every day to discover the light in the darkness.